Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. In a broadcasting move, Fox Sports lead analyst Troy Aikman is nearing a deal with ESPN to become the network's new color guy on Monday Night Football. No deal was signed yet. All signs point to Troy. Heading to ESPN. Nothing going on in the NFL right now. So let's talk about the broadcasters. And meanwhile, the musical chairs in the booth of Monday Night Football just continue to spin around and around and around. This is the Rod Peterson Show. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody, to Hour 2 of the RP Show. We're proudly brought to you in Hour 2 by our friends at Great Western Original 16 Beer, found in fridges all across Western Canada. If you're lucky, you'll find one in your fridge. Uh, well, we're, we're flipping it over to football here, and for a good time, but not a long time, Darren Moose DuPont is with us here in the Gray Eagle Events Center, uh, only for moments, because our next guest, Jeff Fairholm, is on his way, he, moments away from joining us, my favorite rough rider of all time. But, for those that have just tuned in, if maybe if they missed hour one, we had an Olympic gold medalist and most recently bronze medalist, Justin Cripps here, from the two-man and four-man bobsleigh, and, uh... I kind of got tingles, man. Of course. It's exciting. Very, and he's a, he's a strapping lad. Yeah. You know, unassuming sitting yes. in the chair. But when he stands up, I, I mean, like, whoa. And he had all the Olympic gear on, the Lululemon Olympic gear that looked really sharp. And, and the medal, we got a chance to hold it and get photos and, like, substantial. I mean, that thing's got some weight on it. And so very cool having him here. And, and what a nice guy. Uh, absolutely. By the way, yeah, we are going to flip it over to football here. And Jeff Fairholm uh, will be joining us in moments at the Green Eagle Event Center. My favorite rough rider ever. And as we found out today from Norm Fong, the inventor, if I will, of glass cutter gloves being worn for professional yeah. football. Uh, I don't know how we got her. It's Friday. Don't you feel just wacky? You know what I mean? Like, let's bit. do something weird. Right. As my friend Eddie Johnson would say, the uh, former NFL CFL punter, let's get weird. Whatever that means. I was just going to ask you. <laughs> How do we define that? In Eddie's that? case, I'm like, eh. But tell your friends, because coming up here, Jeff Fairholm. Um, Arlen Bruce III is watching. Hey, AB3, your name came up this week. Where were we? Somebody was talking about Arlen Bruce. Yeah. It was a, it was a good story. Randy Chevrier was covering a kick and tore his knee. Because Cover- he was so shifty. and <laughs> Right, trying to tackle you, AB3. <laughs> he says, imagine if the CALF, Canadian Arena League of Football, Began having games on Game Plus television. How about that? By the way, can we all give a big happy birthday to my beautiful baby mom, Cherish Jamilia Madonna Wright. Happy birthday to you. We don't have that, but um, thanks, Arlen, for for tuning in. And yeah, I, I would love to have this Arena League come to fruition. And to be honest with you, it sounds like we might have started something. That's all I can say. And by the way, Ken Gill's watching in Pittsburgh regarding the 80s. Just the 80s being the best decade. 
I wasn't born in them. You were. Yes. But it just, it just, does, does it not seem like the best decade? That's cool. I mean, everything you see about it is, is cool. Right. That's what I'm saying. Very cool. Like, um, leather jackets and the whole deal and, and, you know, really good rock and roll music. And they still play it, you know, more than anything. Well, of course. But Ken in Pittsburgh says, yes, Rod, the eighties were the best actually going to see Skid Row and Warrant in concert tonight. Have a great weekend. Uh, that is in Pittsburgh, but I'll, I could sit here and tell stories and my God, fair home, get your ass down here. Because he'd have a million. He was playing for the Riders in the 80s, man. He had the world by the tail. Yeah. I'm telling you. I bet. But I remember Corey Hart was playing the Agrodome. Do you remember Corey Hart? Sunglasses at, at night. night. Yeah. Oh, my God. Me and my best friend, Chris Winkler, we'd have been about 14 and 13. We went and snuck and looked through the cracks of the doors in the Agrodome to watch Corey Hart. It was the biggest thing that Corey Hart was playing the Agrodome at Buffalo Days. Yeah. That's so cool. The I, 80s. I mean... I didn't grow up in it, so it wasn't like I was sitting there at those concerts watching. But, you know, it celebrated massively. And then obviously in the music scene, that was my first, uh, my first job in, in Rosetown was classic hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And we played a lot of, you know, 80s music and a lot of Corey Hart. You had to get that CanCon in. So there's a lot of Glass Tiger, a lot of Corey Hart, right? I love them all. Yeah. Uh, Mike Blackbird's watching in Toronto. Hey, Mike, we haven't seen him for a while. He says, the Canadian Arena League of Football? Yeah, the CAF. You clearly haven't been watching here for a long time. We have, we have hatched and launched the Canadian Arena League of Football. Not we, but some people have. And uh, let's get it. I think there is a spot for it. Mike says, we need to get on the Indoor Football League team and bring back the Toronto Phantoms. Anyways, did we find him, Lee? Is Jeff here? You think the guy would know Calgary by now, right? But I got to ask you this before I do let you go, Moose. Yes, I'm sitting there kicking things around, wondering how sports leagues survived the pandemic. And you're the business guy because I only know. Okay, some teams I know have the deepest of deepest of deepest of pockets, and they'll never go broke. Mm -hmm. Others are not that right. You know what I mean? Private owners, community-owned teams. How did they get through this when they had no money? Yeah, owners would have would have had to pay money. So you would have seen teams and leagues lose money, millions of dollars. Yeah, and that has to be planned. You know, in the extent of it, if I'm going to you know own this team or own a league and I'm going to be part of it for 20, 30, 40 years, there's going to be times where I'm going to have to spend money because we're going to go through different things. Right? You're not going to go 40 years with. No issues. So you'd plan for that. But also the government, too. You know, as much as we're so polarized on the government, um, all the wage subsidy funding, that helped a lot. And even though we didn't see government stroke big checks to leagues like the CFL when Randy went up there and didn't get the money, yeah, all those teams were still able to access the wage subsidy because they're all businesses. So that's millions of dollars that was accessed from the government funding to help you know, at least get you through. So even though the losses on, on the books might be big, it's all the cash flow might be okay, um, but still not making money, still taking losses. So if anybody asks, they can thank the government. I think so. I think that's a big part of it. For so sure. while they didn't specifically stroke a check, there's our guy. You're good. You don't need to run. Catch your breath. Yeah. <laughs> Love this. He looks like Howie Mandel. Wait till you see what he's wearing. Um, they didn't stroke a check to the owners, but they paid the, the workers. This yeah. is in Canada anyway. For sure. Um, all right, Moose, I'll see you back here for overtime, okay? Sounds good. All right. Um, if you can 
Put it on me for a second. We'll bring in our next guest. And I want to tell you that this is Telemiracle number 46 this year, supporting the Kinsman Foundation. So I'm going to ask you again, if you have not yet purchased your tickets for the online 50-50 raffle, it's the second year we did it. And last year, $726,000 were raised to the bottom line of Kinsman Telemiracle. So if you don't know what they do, they you can move them on in, guys. They uh, help people every day with gifts of mobility equipment so they help people's quality of lives and also medical travel assistance i was remiss last hour in not telling you that you need to be 19 years of age or over and physically in the province of saskatchewan to buy your tickets but that's all and last year we got to seven hundred twenty-six thousand dollars raised we have a ways to go here we're into the six figures but along it's going up right in front of us nice no, we should have a knockdown Ring those phones, everybody. Telemiracle.com is the website. Throw down your credit card and purchase your 50-50 tickets now. Look at this guy. You're a mess. I am. <laughs> Pull that mic up if you don't mind, Fairway. This guy, I didn't even bring, call up your Wikipedia here, man. I should do that. My favorite rough rider ever, Jeff Fairholm, joining us down here. You know you're a big deal when you have a Wikipedia page, and Fairway does. I do. How are you? I'm great, Roddy. How are you doing? Good. It's been a Good. long time. Yeah. Well, did you get lost coming out here to Gray Eagle or what? As a matter of fact, I did. <laughs> I did go wrong turn. How did you get time. lost? <laughs> I don't do casinos. Uh, oddly enough, neither do I, but what a beautiful facility. I'll take you around here if you want to have a look around here. Listen, before I go any further, Jeff Fairholm, Saskatchewan Rough Rider, 1980 to 1993, Toronto it's, yep. It says, yep. I thought it was only one in the greatest Grey Cup ever played. Went into the Rough Riders Hall of Fame in 2005. Played collegiately at Arizona. And he is an original Montrealer, but you've been in Calgary for a real long time. And listen, before I go any further, you're, it's going to be story time here today. But your name came up last hour. Bongo's watching. Oh, good. Hi, and Ernie. gives you the credit of inventing glass cutters gloves, apparently. Like, yeah. Well. You want the story? Do you yeah, I guess you want the story. Why. Oh, that's why I'm here, I guess. Okay. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so it was actually, it's a bit of a story. So when I was in school in Tucson, I, uh, we were going to play a, a game up in Washington State late in the season, so it was going to be cold for us. And oddly enough, uh, we were trying out all these different, at the time, those scuba gloves and things like that. So uh, I, was at, I was actually married at the time and in my senior year, and I was out doing some gardening, believe it or not, and I didn't want to wreck my hands. So I in went Tucson. Got, in Tucson. So I just went and got some gloves from a hardware store. And this kid um, who knew me, and he knew I played football, he's, he runs around, he says, hey, Jeff, and he throws me a ball, and I reached my hand up, and this thing stuck to these you gloves. You were like a superhero. <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, I can catch a ball, but these things just did half the work for me. <laughs> so uh, from that, I tried them out in practice and brought them up to Washington State and, uh, and played the game there. And then I ended up bringing them up at Canada and yada, yada, yada. And, it's, you know, everyone started wearing them. Well, I'm sure the story's been told before, probably years ago. When's the last time you told that story? It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm here I am in Calgary, so nobody knows who I am, which is great. So I guess if I go back to Regina, some old person might recognize me, but that's... <laughs> well, what it was, was somebody, uh, I brought your name up last hour, and somebody said, yeah, Jeff Fairholm invented, he didn't invent the gloves, but you right. brought them into football, and then it was Fongo that was watching, and he says, well, Jeff was the first. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, everybody was wearing them after that. Though, yeah, right? it was kind of funny, because I didn't care, you know, I just sort of 
wrap them up and put some tape on it to hold them on. And uh, then Suter, because he was holding, he had to take the gloves off. He was wearing them in the secondary, and he, had, he wanted to take the gloves off so that he could hold and spin the ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. They do. So he had his wife uh, add some Velcro to the, to the top so he didn't have to untape and retape. And then I heard a story, and that's another story. I don't know if it's true, but it, hopefully it's not true. But apparently, and the name escapes me now, but it'll come to me eventually, but somebody, a receiver for BC at the time. Jim Sandusky. Might be. Well, that's what they're writing. That's what oh, the viewers yeah, are okay. saying. Maybe that's yeah, what it is. Sandman. Yeah, okay. So he apparently took it to a whole different level and cut out the palms and put some breathable back on and ended up selling it to... Um, Nike or something for like five million bucks. I was selling them for three bucks a pair. Yeah, you weren't making any money <laughs> off this, but you were catching balls. I was. Oh, and actually, you mentioned Suter, but I just remember the fold was from the '80s, and I had the cards. Don Narcisse yep. would have sworn by them too. Yeah, Don wore them. Um, Elgard wore them. Um, I did. It actually got into the NFL a little bit. Uh, there were some Chicago Bears that were wearing them as well, and uh, yeah, it's kind of a neat story. Uh. To some of our viewer comments, if you don't mind, uh, Jeff Fairholm with us here. Jeff in Winnipeg. Jeff Cabello says, I wish I had style like Mr. Fairholm. Looking good, Jeff. You should see the chapeau he was wearing when he came in here. I said he looked like Howie Mandel. What Are you like this every day? What's up? Uh, yeah, well, you know, a guy's got to work. You're business guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, I played in the CFL, so I got to work for a living now. So. I like it, man. Thanks. I like it. My wife, my wife dresses me. <laughs> Wayne in Victoria says, Jeff is one of the best Canadian players in CFL history. I remember the long touchdown from Kent in 1989, the best Grey Cup in CFL history. As two CFL guys like you and I are, do you get offended if anybody says one of the best Canadian players in CFL history? Because you're a Hall of Famer, though. Why do we have to dis- why do we have to distinguish your birth certificate? I don't no it doesn't bother me. I'm Canadian and I'm a very proud right. Canadian as you know, Rod. And no, it doesn't bother me. Um uh, I'm not a Hall of Famer. I'm a class of honor in I call it Hall of Famer. <laughs> well, there's a difference to, to, to those of us who played. Yeah. But um no, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, you know, I think I I think my numbers will stack up to any receiver out there. Um but anyone who wants to call me a Canadian receiver, I'm happy to accept. Yeah, but I don't think about the numbers. I think about the speed because I watched you play. So that's my point is you were as fast as anybody. So why do we have to distinguish? You, you, you see what I'm getting well, at? I, I get it. But yeah, um, I get it. But and like I said, you know, I think my numbers and if you, if you happen to pull out an old VHS tape and, and watch, watch something. Yeah. I mean, I, they say I never got caught from behind. I'm not sure about that. Uh, <laughs> the movie Speed. There's another question. There's another thing if you want to talk about. Um, movie Speed might suggest something. Different. Why were you in it? I was doing I was. what? Yeah, you don't know this, do you? No, <laughs> I don't talk about it often. Someone brought it up to me uh, just a little while ago. Um, if you remember the movie, um, Dennis Hopper was the bad guy. Yeah, he's down in his lair and he's watching a uh, foot. Sandra Bullock, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but Dennis Lair was the or Dennis um, Hopper was the bad guy, and he's watching a football game on TV, and. <laughs> How this happened, I don't know, but when I was in college, I actually got caught and tackled on the one-yard line, and he reacted to it, and that's me on the TV. <laughs> well, how about that? You wish they couldn't find a better play than that, huh? Yeah, and by the way, I didn't make any money on that either. <laughs> Jeff, we got to talk about your business sense here. Yeah, I know. Look, when we come back, we'll get to the viewer questions. He is a Ryder Plaza of Honor member and a Grey Cup champion twice. we got to talk about USFL. I want to talk about the ratio with you. 
the landscape of the CFL in 2022, if you don't mind. Lots to get to with Jeff Fairholm. When we come back, we're broadcasting from the Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. You're watching on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, the place to be. We air all across Alberta NBC on TELUS Optic Cable. If that is not your cable carrier, get it. Across Saskatchewan on Sastel Max and uh, on Bell MTS Cable in Manitoba and several other networks out in eastern Canada. Saskatchewan Rough Riders Plaza of Honor member, two-time Grey Cup champion Jeff Fairholm joins us down here at Grey Eagle Resort and Casino, which, by the way, March 18th, air supplies here, March 20th, Foreigner. We're going to be giving away tickets next week to those shows. And on May 28th, the father of redneck comedy, Jeff Foxworthy, will be here at the event center, and he'll be coming up on the RP show, too. But Jeff Fairholm was just saying in the break what great guests we've had. He joins that list, Fairway. Glad to have you down here. Glad you lowered the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Pull that mic right up to you, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Okay. So let's start with the most recent chronological order move backwards here the usfl is kicking off in april there's a bit of a fight over players i don't know if you've been following this or not a bit is that a shock that there would be a fight over players with the spring league and the cfl not at all um you know they're going to be there's only so many players everyone thinks that there's a ton of really good football players out there but i i disagree i think there's a finite number of decent football players that you can build a team around and you know people are going to fight they're going to fight for things. And the USFL, you know, they're a brand new league. They don't have any agreements, I don't think, with the CFL. No. Um, and it's, <laughs> I, I can see it happening. And it's, uh, you know, players, uh, most of the players are going to go where the money is. And that's unfortunate, but it's true. Why do you think these leagues have never been successful? Because they're in the States. And they are, they're always going to be deemed as competing with the NFL. And the NFL is this huge machine that you just can't compete with. and um you know and then you got college as well you know they're going into birmingham and you know i, I don't remember all the all the uh, all the cities but you know there are big colleges there as well that they're competing with and there's spring football and there's you know college basketball etc cetera, etc cetera. so you know it, although it looks good on paper i would be cautious about about doing it and you know what league has actually made it you know, wait a minute clarify you if you were a player you would be cautious to signing in that league or if a fan to support it or or what all of the above um <laughs> if i was an owner of the, if i was an owner of a team if i was a player um you know you don't know what's going to happen you could it could get shut down you know in a month or two and then you know then you're going to look back at you know if a, if a cfl player does bail on the cfl and goes goes down there and they don't turn up you know in a, in a, a month or so they're going to be begging for their job back in the cfl and it'll be kind of difficult no kidding which we'll get to in a second, but some viewer comments here. John Ohm in Winnipeg says, Jeff's 107-yard scoring connection with Ken Austin in the 1990 Labor Day Classic against the visiting Blue Bombers endures as the longest passing play in Rough Riders history. Wrong! You need to update that. Nelon Green to Derek Armstrong was 110, 109 yards because I called it. Uh, John says, who can forget number 18, 75-yard touchdown bomb in the 1989 Grey Cup game? Those are all very wonderful memories. With regards to the current state of the CFL, I know you're staying very close and watching what's going on. I didn't think they'd survive it, so I don't really know where they're going. 
financially. How did you feel about the quality of play last year? I was really disappointed. Uh, you know me, I'm, I'm quite opinionated. And, um, but, you know, I, especially the offenses. I'm not sure why it happened, but the offenses just said seemed to be dead. I mean, I watch a lot of Ryder games. I'm still a Ryder fan. I'm a Ryder at heart. Still have all the gear. And I was shocked that, you know, that the number of big plays, other than, you know, a, a five-yard catch and, and run for a touchdown, but there are so many, so few um long plays and I, I find myself getting bored and it was the same around the entire league i found and i, I have no idea why um the defenses you know when you start a season the defense are all, defenses are always better than the offenses to start but then usually catches up etc cetera, etc cetera. but yeah i don't know i just i got bored last year and i'm not sure why that was well that's a good question they said the year off hurt them maybe I don't yeah. know why, but, you know, I mean, everyone stayed in shape. It, it's not like people weren't in shape, and it's not like the quarterback forgot how to throw the ball and the offensive line forgot how to block and the OCs forgot how to call plays. You know, what happened? I don't get it. I apologize. Jeff does still own the longest 107 yards. The one I called was 100 yards. And I'm jumping around here. I'm a, I'm a bit of a squirrel, but which you know, but the last I saw you was the Touchdown Atlantic Golf Tournament. Yeah. How much fun was that? That was great. Did you stay for the game? Oh, yeah. I was on the sidelines because uh, Toronto was playing. So I, I stayed, uh, I, I got down on the sidelines and was able to, to watch the game. So. Well, I was trying, I remember trying to convince you to go to the Grey Cup, but you weren't going to be around here for that 2019 Grey Cup, right? You were out of town. Yeah, I was out of town somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> again, jumping around, because you were out there, you're Argo alum plus Ryder alum. How did you feel about the Maritimes and CFL football? Did you get a sense that it would really work? I think so. I really do. I mean, I'm not sure putting it in Halifax is the best idea. Uh, Halifax is, you know, uh, Nova Scotia is kind of, a, from what I know, a province that sort of <clears throat> doesn't really want to be around the other provinces. Whereas, you know, New Brunswick, or not PEI, but New Brunswick would be, I thought, perfect. And, and it was, you know, we were in New Brunswick. We were in Moncton there, and it was a... It was a happening town. Everything was everything was going on. The the bars, restaurants were all into it, and the fans were into it. And game was great. great, and the game was a good game. Right. So yeah, and it's a great little stadium there too, which they'd obviously have to expand. But I think I think it could work out there. I think they blew it, and I've gone on record as saying it multiple times. Twenty eighteen Grey Cup in Edmonton, they announced the Schooners. They had a dance team. They had colors. They had the owners up on stage. Ambrosi was there. And I'm like, you guys are tricking people because you have not awarded anybody a franchise. But if you're going to play, you should play in Moncton for all the reasons you just said. For all the reasons you just said. And they said that Moncton's too small, Rod. You don't know anything. And clearly, I don't know anything. But Me too. It's not that, yeah, it's not that much bigger than Regina. And yeah. man, those experiences for you. It was fun. Couldn't have been better. Oh, you mean in Regina? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm saying similar. Yeah, Regina yeah, yeah. versus Moncton. Yeah. Right? That's small the, market. That's sort of the feel I got. And, and you know, you make it. Uh, an Atlantic, which they were planning on doing, you know, I think they, I don't know. I think they were, I think they were trying to uh, test the waters almost, but almost by announcing it and to see, Hey, you know, let's test the waters. If we announce it, see what kind of coverage we get, et cetera, et cetera. And they, you know, I think they made a mistake as well, unfortunately, because, uh, you know, here we are, what, three, four years later, and there's nothing going on. So Right, but that was, but it was very, everything about it was positive. I know. It was great. <laughs> so, so what are we waiting for? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, Darren Workman is watching in Salt Lake City, Utah. He says, does Jeff think that the one-year contracts and lack of continuity for offenses may affect the quality of CFL play? Very, very good question. 
uh, and I think it does. Um, I'm not a fan of the one-year contract. Um, I'm a person who, you know, although I left Regina after six years for personal reasons, um, I was one that went to Regina, rented a house, then quickly bought a house. I planned on living there. I spent all my off-seasons there, and a lot of players still do. It's hard to do with a one-year contract, and it's hard for, it's, it's hard for fans to get um, accustomed to the people, know the people, especially in a town like Regina where it's small enough where you see everybody all the time. You get a chance to shake their hand and get an autograph. Um, regarding the offenses, yeah, I think I think that's a good point. That you might have hit the nail right on the head. It, um, you know, there's no continuity, and you're having to, to move to a different town and, and learn the whole offense again. You look at um, you look what OBJ did when he went to uh, when he went to the Rams. I mean, I'm shocked that he was able to pick up the offense as quickly as he did. Uh, but these things are complicated. If you've ever heard a quarterback. <laughs> call a play in the huddle. I mean, it's extremely complicated, so that could be a good point. But you see it from a player's perspective. You know why the one-year contracts are so prevalent. The players want them. That was two CBAs ago. The owner said, we'll give you one-year contracts because the players wanted them. You say I see it as a player, but I, I was different as a player. I mean, I was quite happy signing a two, three, four-year contract and, you know, have some incentives in there, and I lived to it. You know, it, it's what you have to do. I don't like the one-year contracts. I just don't. I just don't think it's good for the league. I don't think it's good for the player. You know, having to. You know, if you're if you're married, if you have kids, and you're pulling your kids up and you know uprooting them and moving them, I don't think it's good for anybody. Quite frankly. Mm-hmm. What about this season in the Canadian Football League? How close are you following what's going on? Uh, enough to be dangerous is what I tell people. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to get, um, I'd love to get more involved and, and, you know, really dig into it, but I'm happy, you know, I'm glad that there's still a league. I mean, after all the COVID stuff, uh, they came back last year and, and I was thrilled that there was actually still a league, but, uh, I think this year is going to be good. Um, there's a lot of changes as we just discussed, but, um, you know, I think there's a lot of parity in the league, which is what we need. And it's, it's kind of hard to, to say that with an eight, nine team league, you know, that you need parity, but. You know, we've always had, and not always, but oftentimes there's been one team that sort of, you know, uh, goes way out in front. You can maybe say that for Winnipeg last year, but um, there's still parity. They still lose their games. There's still good games out on the field, so I'm, I'm really happy for Well, them. until Winnipeg won back-to-back breakups, which, frankly, I was very happy for them that they did. God knows they'd waited long enough, mm-hmm. right? There hadn't been back-to-back champions for a decade, and that's what the salary cap's supposed to do. Now, let's go back to your time again. What was it officially? 88 to 96? Yes. Did you go out a winner? Uh, yes, I was hurt. I didn't that's play in that 96. Oh, cup. that sucks. But technically, I, do. I won one, and I have a ring, so I can say I won two. Where, when did you get hurt in that? Uh, About halfway through the season, I broke my back. That was the year Flutie came to Toronto and Don Matthews. and uh, Yeah, it was, a, it was a fun team. Was that career-ending then? Yes. That, that was why you never played again. That's right. I, bro- I literally broke, uh, I had a spondylolisthesis in my L4, L5 lower back, and uh, uh, yeah, literally literally broke my back and tried to play without it, or tried to play with it, and I did, but taking so many uh, Tylenol 3s even at practice, and finally my, my trainer, who was a good friend of mine, uh, Jerry Townend, he said, Jeff, just stop. And I said, okay. <laughs> I was, it was time. What'd you go and do right after that? Uh, I was always selling office furniture at the time, so uh, I continued on with that. And since I was done playing football, they elevated me to vice president of sales, which was nice. And then, uh, yeah, kept selling office furniture and kind of doing what I'm doing now. Tell me about Doug Flutie, because I had a guy by the name of Matt DeBuck on the show a few weeks ago. He played on the Argos in 97. 
Right after you were gone. Yeah, I just He's currently him. the coach of the Bishop Cardinal High School team in Fort Lauderdale, state 5A champions. Oh, okay. Big deal. Yeah. And he said that they all lived in a condo facility, wherever the Argos the training facility was then. And he said that Doug Flutie was the Kramer, Cosmo Kramer, of the, that he would just walk into guys' apartments unannounced, you know, that he was just kind of not, didn't put on airs, just was one of the guys. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, he was a great guy. He actually lived with me during training camp um, in 96. Um, we were living up near Orangeville. And, um, yeah, he was a great guy. I met his, I met his wife. I met his son. I met his daughter. Um, very unpretentious. Like, we heard a bunch of stuff about him uh, that were all rumors, and they were all unsubstantiated. He was a great guy. I mean, he just, just a guy. You know, he made a lot of money. He, he did really well wherever he went. But just a guy, a really, really good guy. Have you seen the football life on him by chance on NFL no. Network? No, I have not. Well, he, if you get a chance, watch it. Because he said, he goes, I never won a Super Bowl, but I have a tough time believing it feels any better than winning a CFL championship at Grey Cup. Yeah, he loves the CFL. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't really listened to his podcast yet, but I see it a little bit on Twitter. And, you know, the pictures he's posting, he doesn't just post the NFL stuff. He's always posting, you know, NFL, but also CFL. He's very proud of his heritage. And, of course, his brother did super well up here as well. So, you know, the, their whole family has done great. Were there times that you watched him and just went, oh, my God? There were times when I played with him and I did that. I mean, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, I, I remember the only time I went back to Montreal to play um, was at the Olympic Stadium, believe it or not. And I remember it was the first game of the season. And he literally, literally drew plays up in the dirt. No dirt, it was after turf, but he literally is drawing plays up as we're, as we're in the huddle. And he was just amazing. He could just ad lib like nobody else I've ever seen. Well, they say. When we talk about who's the greatest CFL player ever, I say Flutie only because I had the ability to see him live. I never saw Warren Moon live, so maybe he was better. I don't know. They're both great, right? Yeah, that's a great discussion to have, and you can have the same discussion in any sport, in any league. And uh, I think, you know, I'd, I haven't thought about it, but I would have to, off the top of my head, I'd have to go with Doug. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, John in Winnipeg says, Jeff, one of the greatest to put on the uniform for the green and white. And I have to tell this story before I let you go, Jeff. And he knows it, but I'll tell the viewers that you came to my school in 1988. As it turns out, you were a rookie, and I was in grade 10. And I just said, like, I wasn't a football guy. I was a hockey and baseball player. And I said, this guy's cool. I'm going to cheer for the Rough Riders. And look how it all turned out. How did you feel about doing those school visits and stuff back then? Loved it. Why? Because I love hearing these stories afterwards. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. but, but truly, I mean, if I could, if I could make an impression on somebody... Um, you know, you weren't young, you were in grade 10, but I, you know, I wasn't much older than you, yeah. but it's, it's, it, that's what you do it for. That's what you live for. And I'll, I'll tell you another quick story. I, um, I did a, uh, somebody, uh, a kid in Regina, and I, unfortunately I can't remember his name, but he had written me a letter and he asked me, he was doing a presentation and he asked me for some stuff for his, for his presentation. So I said, great, here's some stuff. What do you do? When's your presentation? And I showed up at his school unannounced for the presentation. And apparently, it changed his life. And I'm not doing this to, to of course. blow up my own head. I'm telling you that that's what you live for. That's why you play football. You know, you do that so that you can have an effect on other people. And hey, if you can live your life and affect people in that way, what better way to go through? Not a lot of regrets for you, uh, I know. Anything else you'd like to say before I let you go? Uh, no, you ask the questions, I answer them. That's the way we've always done it, Roddy. So, no, I'm, I'm quite sure. happy to be doing it. Oh, I know. But most guys come through here and they've got some sponsor to promote. We just had an Olympian last hour. 
Yeah, Justin Cribbs. Sorry, I missed him. I wanted to say hi. So cool. I know. One thing I should mention is you've been out here in Calgary for how long? Uh, 10 years now. Yeah, it's quite a town. Yeah, you know, it's it was hard at first because I hate I hate the Stampeders and I hate the Eskimos, but, it, you know, <laughs> uh, business-wise, living here, you know, the roads, the, the people, it's a great place. A lot of mountains, things to do, yeah. A lot of things to do. It's a great place to live. Well, it's as you can imagine, it took a while for me to thaw the ice, as I've said, for me to come out here and get these guys coming on the show. But now they understand I was just doing a job. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Oh, for sure. I mean, have you made, have you made, uh, have you made friends with the quarterback here yet? He hasn't <laughs> made it, but I think Huff coming here was a good start. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, have fun with that. But the, the fans say, don't end that feud. It's one of the fun things. Yeah, and I true. said, well, it's kind of hard to live here and uh, do a show and not get along with the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, as always, thanks for the time. Appreciate you coming down. Glad to see everything's going so great. Everything's great, Rod. Anytime you know that. Football Friday continues from Great Eagle Resort and Casino right after this. We'll bring the Moose back in. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Calgary's entertainment destination, Grey Eagle Resort and Casino. You're looking at it on a beautiful Friday morning. And I say good afternoon to our friends out on the East Coast watching on Game Plus TV or streaming here on YouTube. It is a football Friday, and we'll wrap up the football topics and comments next segment when the Moose rejoins us. It's a huge NLL weekend with six games, including the Colorado Mammoth at the Saskatchewan Rush. Ironically, the Calgary Roughnecks are not playing this weekend. They played two last weekend. Steven Stamp is a lacrosse insider. He's with Lacrosse Link. He does NLL play-by-play, and he joins us today from Ontario as we can bring him on. Hey, Steven, how you doing, my man? Happy Friday to you. Not bad. Thanks for having me on. Great to, uh, great to get to chat. Fun to listen to Jeff Fairholm. It's always fun to listen to my favorite rough rider ever. And, um, and, and, and i got to be honest with you, it's always fun to talk lacrosse, uh, Canada's national sport which everybody seems to know that it is canada's national sport let me ask you this just as that the lacrosse insider and i have some specific sure. questions for you from lee genier who's part of our live audience here today but or he's part of our crew but how has lacrosse in this country made it through the pandemic well it's been tough it's been really tough on the uh all the lacrosse leagues across canada i mean you look in alberta you had seven or eight teams have already announced they're not playing this summer. Uh, you've got all kinds of challenges, I think, for leagues across the country, but we're starting to see things happen. The, the WLA had their draft a little while ago, the BC Junior League, the Ontario Junior League is having their draft coming up. Um, major series across draft is coming up. Um, you know, things are going, but it's, it's a challenge. It's been tough for everybody. So many you know, kids not playing, people not getting to play. It's been, it's been really rough, and I think it's going to take a while to get back into it. But the thing we did see last summer with the places where they were able to play a bit is the passion was still there. And I've been at some Arena Lacrosse League games in the last few weeks doing play-by-play, -play, and I'll tell you, the fans are out. They're excited. We're getting, getting good crowds, and, and people are stoked to get to be back out watching live lacrosse. So I think, I think it's going to come back, but, man, it's been a struggle like everything else. Yeah. 
Well, it was one heck of a party in the Sandalome last Friday night for the Calgary-Vancouver game, which was nationally televised on TSN. What an unbelievable game that was for a national audience. But how about this? The biggest news of the week, the commissioner of the NLL, Nick Sakavich, stepping down. Shock me. I love Nick. I'm sad to see him go. What can you tell us about that news, that move? It was really surprising for everyone. I don't think uh, it was expected that he'd leave now. He had talked earlier about, you know, not wanting to be around forever, that he had a plan to set things up, get things going in a direction that he wanted, that he really felt like the league needs to be headed, and then kind of ride off into the sunset and leave it in what he felt were good hands. I just I just don't think anybody was expecting it now. Um, you know, you've got the, the CBA, I think, has to be a factor with the players having opted out last year the PLPA uh, or the NLPA having opted out. So, you know, maybe they're thinking, well, let's let's find a new commissioner to head into the negotiations that have to be done when the season ends. But yeah, it was, it was pretty surprising. And I think it's honestly, I was thinking about this, it's similar to a trade or a draft that you can't determine immediately how it went. I mean, so much positive stuff has happened, but there have been massive challenges through the, uh, through the pandemic. So, you know, we'll look back in a while and be able to say, hey, you know, Nick Sikiewicz really set this league off on a great foot and on on track for something. Or, man, could they, you know, have they been able to maintain, the, sustain the momentum? And that's that's been challenging. I think the, the work is happening to, to get things going again in a positive direction. I think getting through um, this season is a huge step with all the challenges. So many guys have been on COVID protocol, but the league is handling it really well. So... Yeah, surprising, but it was going to come. Well, he was always great to us. That's all that I can say, and that's how I form my opinion on people. By the way, Chris Fox is watching from the Canadian Lacrosse League, and, um, you know, he talked about the 2022 IIJL World Junior Championships. We were there last August in Winnipeg broadcasting live. Empty barn, unfortunately, but they pulled it off, and the games were great. They're going to do it again this summer. How important is that particular tournament, the Lacrosse World Juniors, and what did it mean that they were able to pull it off, at least in the pandemic last year? I think it was great. I mean, it's it's a really fun tournament. I've called the play-by-play at, at a couple of them now. Obviously, I was there in, uh, in Winnipeg and planned to be again this year. And I think it was huge. For one thing, that marked the return of lacrosse to TSN. Uh, it had been off the network for, for several years, right? And we were really excited. I had Brian Shanahan with me, and we're doing the play. And, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty exciting. I think it's a real opportunity for some players to showcase themselves when they might not otherwise be able to. Of course, the tournaments generally happen while the, you know, while some of the junior A leagues are in their the last half of their playoffs. So there are some players who aren't available, but there are some really good players, as, as you got to see, as we've seen, who have really raised their stock. I think, you know, you're talking about the Calgary game, Hayden Dixon is a guy who really boosted his stock by playing very well in the World Juniors. Um, guys like Lane Rushka and uh, I think Brody Harris is a guy I think can really come on. He's on the Vancouver practice squad. There's so many players, Tanner Buck, a great example, who have just shown oh, yeah. that they can elevate their game, right? You've seen Bucky play. He's really something. He was highlight of the night, I think, on uh, TSN during that tournament. He he was the talk of the tournament for the time that I was there. And I appreciate the work with Chris Fox and welcoming us back there this year. There are so many things I can get with you, Stephen, but six games Saturday night in the NLL. You know what they all are, so I won't read them off. But is there one that's a little more delicious than the others in your mind? What's the marquee matchup here this weekend in the NLL? 
I think you've already mentioned it, honestly, is the uh, the Saskatchewan-Colorado rematch. I think, uh, you know, terrific game last week. You're seeing uh, some some really interesting storylines with Colorado probably overperforming based on what we expected coming into the season. They've looked really good. They've got Dylan Ward. Um, you've got a Saskatchewan club that I, I don't know many people expected them to be sitting at two and six and outside of playoff position right now. And, um, you know, as we hit the midway point, we'll actually hit the midway point of the season on Saturday night. And uh, as the half half the game's being played, I think it's a huge game. Saskatchewan can't afford to keep falling back behind, but they outshot Colorado 57 to 40 last week. And Dylan Ward was terrific. Ryan Lee was terrific. Outside of that, Saskatchewan probably outplayed Colorado last week, but another loss, pretty crushing. So they go get Eric Penny. That's a big acquisition. We'll see how big an acquisition. There's not a lot of goalies on the market. Goaltending is stretched pretty thin with the expansion of the league. And uh, it's a cha- it's a position that's really challenged right now. So will Eric Penny make, make a difference? He had an 833 save percentage in the one game he did start for Philadelphia when he had to sub in for Zach Higgins. He was fantastic. But career-wise, he's been, you know, a pretty good goalie. Um, he's going to need to be big for them, I think, to to get things turned around. I love it. It's a player's market. There's too many teams for players. That's good news for goalies. Um, yeah. By the way, just before I let you go, Stephen, your guy, Lee Genier, is here, and he said to say hey, and he told me to ask you about Lacrosse Link. What should our viewers know about Lacrosse Link? Uh, Lacrosse Link is something we started up last year. It's a weekly show. Uh, it's on Black Sports Network. It's also on YouTube. So just go check it out on YouTube and uh, look up all the episodes. And I'm the host. We have just news and interviews from all around the world of lacrosse. Obviously, very NLL focused right now. We've had uh, we've had someone from Australia talking about a new box that they built down near Melbourne. Um, I've had guests from Czech Republic. Uh, we look all across Canada, across you know, it's not just box lacrosse. We had some some field and some sixes going. So uh, there's lots to check out. A couple of interviews every week and a rundown where we touch on half a dozen topics around the world of lacrosse. So love you to check it out. All right, Stephen. Well, I appreciate the time. This has been awesome. Let's do it again. You're clearly the lacrosse guy. We love the sport. We'll be talking lots about it here in the months ahead. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Thanks, you too. Looking forward to it. Stephen Stamp, lacrosse insider from Peterborough, Ontario. And, of course, as you just heard, the host of Lacrosse Link joining us. We'll put a bow on this football Friday in a moment. I see that it's got everybody all geeked up here on the NLL. Just before we break, Max Hardwick's watching. He says, have to give the NLL credit. They are amazing with real-time highlights. Uh, Chris Fox is watching from the Canadian Lacrosse League, and he says, uh, if you want a lacrosse fix in Winnipeg, come out to the World Juniors this summer. It was fantastic last year at the new, named Canada Life Centre. The Moose joins us next for overtime. One final segment of the week. Stick around. We'll be right back on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live. And, of course, if you've missed any portion of the show, check us out at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Time for overtime for our friends at the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the NHL and the UFC. We're at the Gray Eagle Event Center, as you can see. 
Air Supply March 18th, Foreigner March 20th. Beginning next week, we'll be giving away tickets to both those wonderful shows. And, of course, we're working our way towards the father of redneck comedy, Jeff Foxworthy, coming here May 28th. But the guys from, what do they call it? They call it Who's Live Anyway. Remember the old... Whose line, line is in it? Yeah. Who's Those live. guys are coming to do a live show. The Beach Boys are coming. I can see why they call it Calgary's Entertainment Destination. Yes, the smiling Jason Sudeikis doppelgangers here. Darren Moose DuPont. How's your right. day going? Are you ready for the weekend? Yeah. I mean, never really ready. I mean, I, I, I love what we do every week, so I'm not sitting here counting down the days. But, uh, no, it's a great day. The sun's out. Guns out. Weekend's going to be great. Well... I'm kind of happy that we've kept this show very positive today because I go back and I look at the poll question right now for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. And the poll question is, should Russia be banned from world sporting events? And 88% now saying, yes, Russia should be banned from sporting events. 12% obviously saying no. And the reason that came up is, as I look at the sports update, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has drawn punitive measures from across the sporting world. Soccer's European governing body announced today that the Champions League finals being moved from St. Petersburg to Paris. Formula One canceled its Grand Prix race scheduled for Sochi in December. The International Ski Federation announced that Russia will not host any more of its World Cup events this winter. Um, teams are, being, are, being, are pulling themselves out of the KHL playoffs. You know, so it's just brutal. And aside from that, fortunately, we were able to have fun with an Olympian yeah. and a Ryder Hall of Famer today and stay clear of that stuff. I know. And, and it is tough because you don't want to completely ignore what's going on in the world and be ignorant and into it. And we're not. Um, but there are, are, are tough things happening, but there's also some good things happening, you know, and we can celebrate, you know, Justin and we can celebrate uh, our heroes and, and still have some fun today. And we still got a great weekend full of sports and those things are all going to continue to happen. So we got to pay attention. To that yes. Too. Well, it's like it reminds me of when the pandemic began. Yeah. And we were on the air doing the shows and literally people were writing in saying, how can you talk about sports at a time like this? And I'm like, well, are, are you going to work? Are you working? It's our job, you know, and it's, it's just weird because I flipped from CNN, war coverage and Putin threatening nuclear action against Western Hemisphere, if they get over to TSN. Andrew Manginette, Pani scored the lone flames goal last night in Vancouver. Like, you still got to do your thing. Look, in war times, they had jesters and comedians come and, and keep the uh, soldiers, you know, spirits up and have some fun and break away from it. And, How about that? You know, we can do our own thing here and entertain people to make them feel good. I think that's important. Yeah. Rob Tyson is watching in Cold Lake, Alberta on Game Plus. He writes in on the 902 line and he says, Jeff Fairholm would be an excellent color guy. On CFL broadcasts. Yeah. 15, 20 years ago. I think he lets his opinion rock a little too much for what uh, the networks would, <laughs> would appreciate. Is my sense. Jeff watching in Oregon. Regarding the 80s. He said, I spent most of my 80s behind the Redwood Curtain in the Emerald Triangle of California. So I spent most of my 80s in the 60s. Okay. <laughs> The judge, uh, sorry, the jug is watching in Saskatoon. <laughs> he says, hey, Roddy, the jug in Saskatoon here. Is Justin Cripps friends with the other bobsledders that were at the Olympics, and are they still friends? Oh, well, uh, Justin Cripps isn't with us anymore here today, but I would, it sounded like that he is friends with all those guys. 
How can you not be when you're on a team that close, right, and riding in a in a in a sled together like that? I mean, you kind of have to be. It would be a very uncomfortable uh, time training if you're not if you don't get along. Just to finish up this sports update, the Toronto Raptors return from their All Star break tonight when they visit the Charlotte Hornets in the NBA. The Raps have won their previous two meetings with the Hornets this season. The Raps are on the road for the next three before returning home to host Brooklyn on March 1st. The second round of the PGA uh, event this weekend is underway. Kurt Kitayama was the surprise leader after the first round at six under 64. Roger Sloan and Taylor Pendrith and Adam Svensson entered the day as the top Canadians at one under. The sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games, the Tab Brewhouse and drive Through Liquor Store. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Last minute, last minute of play in the RP show. Also for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars and for Dubnetwork.ca. Where do we go from here, caller? As John Lynch used to say, (laughs) we've wrapped it all up. It was a very busy day. I want to say thanks to our entire team because we pulled off a, a wonderful week of shows. Yeah. And from the technical aspect to the fun that we've had, and because Fairholm came and sat down, he's like, man, guests are getting it. Unbelievable. Yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work, brother. Well, it really does. And the weekend, you know, one final look at Are we going to get the weekend in? To the, uh, yeah, the Saskatoon and their new, their oh. new big scream we're going to see and, and everybody there. The singer, the weekend. John, yeah, right. John Howden, who I think is the new CEO over there, uh, pulling that all together with the Rush and the Blades. Congratulations. Tonight, Cougars and Cougars. Saturday, the Rush. Sunday, the Pats and Hitman. Life is great. Stay safe, everybody. And we'll see you Monday here at the Gray Eagle, noon Eastern on Game Plus TV. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.